Um, what's the name of the guy who did the latest Blade Runner? Ryan something or other. Oh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. You know, Ryan Gosling can do the... Um, have you seen... He was in the driving film. What was that driving film? Drive? Oh. <laughs> 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 That was like a that was like a volleyball punt. <laughs> Go on, knock it out. <laughs> so he was in Drive. You know, in Drive, he's very stoic, and he's quite quiet, and he's he's like he's brooding and moody. Yeah. But he carries it because it's Ryan Gosling, uh-huh. and he's kind of and he's always this, he always plays this sort of brooding stoic character. Brad Pitt tries to do it, and he just looks like he's going to cry all the way through the film. <laughs> And like every now and again, he puts on some emotion, some like a burst of energy. And it just doesn't, it just looks like, oh, he just wants a cheese sandwich and a hug. Long story short, don't watch Ad Astra. We pushed our way through it because I rented it on iTunes. And we got five, ten minutes towards the end. And I said, this is rubbish. And we just flicked it off and went to YouTube instead and watched someone cooking. <laughs> um, well, so- I, think, I think that is the thing, is if... You had been watching, let's say Ad Astra was on Netflix and effectively free in terms of the individual unit cost. You would not have pushed through to that point. And that's what's changed. It used to be Absolutely. it was on TV at that moment in time or you were at the cinema. And so you just sat through stuff. Whereas now you just don't anymore. If it becomes tiresome, then you're more likely to switch it off. I actually find if something becomes really cringeworthy now, I'm more like, I'll be like, oh God, I can't watch this. And I, so I switch it off, whereas before, if it was on TV, I'd just kind of like plough through. Yes, I completely agree. I don't know if you... What's your feelings on Star Trek? I've never really watched it that much at all. So I used to I watch it I know they got a, a brand new one on Amazon. Yeah, I, I very much enjoy Star Trek Discovery. A lot of Trek people hate Star Trek Discovery because, oh, it's not proper Trek. But whatever, it's, it's enjoyable sci-fi. It's, you know, it's rubbish, but it's sci-fi. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, standard, standard, you know, when the plot needs it, there's a problem. When, when the plot needs to be resolved, we come up with a hand wave way to resolve the plot through science and long words, that sort of right. thing. Um, the, the sonic screwdriver um, solution. Kind of, exactly. So, so the Star Trek Discovery's, like, plot hinging device uh, is... There's like a mycelium network that lives on that's underneath the universe, and then they can tap into it, and you know they can basically jump around the universe for free by using mushrooms. I think is the the short description, and I'm not joking about that. Anyway, I enjoyed it. It's not wait, wait, as in (laughs) powered by mushrooms or yes, genuinely powered by mushrooms. mushrooms? It's a plot point. No, so they call it the mycelium. They're genuinely powered by. Let's call them space mushrooms, but they're mushrooms. Um, they're, they're genuinely... They've got a normal warp drive, but then they've got a spore drive, and it is powered by space mushrooms. Right. Uh, and they can just pop up and go, whoop, whoop, somewhere else. Um, okay, it's stupid, but it's, it's campy fun, whatever. So, Amazon Prime did have done Star Trek Picard. Yes. I don't know if you've seen it. Have you got Prime? I have got Prime. I haven't... I mean, I've seen them plugging it. I haven't actually watched yeah. any of it. And I go, oh, great, it's Picard. He's a bit older. He'll be, he'll be like, wiser, almost like a Professor Xavier, mm-hmm. kind of, I'm a wise person, da-da-da-da-da. Um, oh, it's rubbish. I got 
an episode and a quarter through and we turned it off. It's just horrible. It looks like it's been made by someone with like a team of four or five people with not enough budget spent at all and then they just can't act i do, and long story short i should i am i am a hundred percent the target audience for this mm-hmm. and i hate it i hate it i hate it with every fiber of my being that is unfortunate so we were so we, we put it on 10 minutes in turned it off went to youtube and watched a <laughs> very very fat lady Cooking. This is your <laughs> cooking go-to, isn't it? Incredibly sugary. <laughs> this is your go-to. Have you, you seen it? You watch something and go, it's "Oh, called... this is crap. I'm going to watch cooking instead." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, simply Sarah. She's she's morbidly obese. You mentioned she this lady is, before. She's on the verge of death. Yeah, and she cooks horrible, incredibly unhealthy food, and it, it's it's like watching a very slow motion diabetic car crash. Um, so I have a question. So then. If I actually, yeah, I, well, I have a question and an observation. The question is, do you ever watch any of the multitude of cooking-related shows on Netflix? Or do you always just no, go I to YouTube? Them. Yeah, no. I was thinking of this. I flicked onto, did you see that one? It's called Heat, Salt, whatever, Fat, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, haven't watched whatever. it, but seen it, yeah. Yeah, it's all high Uh It's like, no. I put on half an episode, and then I would rather watch... Um, someone on YouTube do it like so have you seen the Bon Appetit uh, YouTube channel I have not I do not have such diverse tastes as you it's on they're in New York they're a test kitchen and they just cook things and it's so much more enjoyable I've got to say like for them to make a 10 20 30 minute episode must cost you know it's like a day or it's two days maybe it's three days of filming it must cost them in the High hundreds, low thousands, you know, mm-hmm. to make versus a 30 minute, 40 minute, 50 minute Netflix show where some famous chef flies around the world, which must cost tens of thousands to, to make mm-hmm. and is, is unenjoyable to its very core. I, I just, I just, it's ridiculous. No, so I can't watch cooking shows on Netflix. The flip side of the whole short attention span or let's say low tolerance low tolerance um, is better yes the flip side of the low tolerance is it is the binge so when you find mm. something that you do like you end up watching oh, completely. it completely so last yes. night I foolishly very foolishly um, watched the uh, pilot for Homeland which I've never watched I mean, oh, I hate that. the credits the opening credits they that. are terrible they are aren't the they? worst they are worse than cancer. They are the worst thing I've ever seen. Every time we watch a, a TV series, and Picard included, when they have got a terrible opening credits, we go, because Picard has got a terrible opening credits, we go, oh, that was a terrible opening credits. Still, better than Homeland. Like, it's, it's the benchmark. It's the lowest, it's clearly the lowest you can, the worst opening credits you could possibly do. Continue. Thank you. Sorry. They are terrible, I agree. Uh, but yeah, so I watched the pilot. <laughs> And Killing a mask. Oh, 9-11. Oh, terrorism. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Gemma's watched it all and I hate it. Karen. Anyway. Well, you hate the show or just the credits? No, the whole show. But go on. No, fair enough. See, so I watched the pilot and I kind of went, bollocks, this is actually quite good. And then I ended up watching three episodes. So in total, I could, I could have just watched The Irishman again. It was like four hours of television. <laughs> 
And I was like, oh, for God's sake, really? Is this now a, now a thing which is going to consume my life? I really so hope it gets you, rubbish. Have you, have you felt the desire to continue watching it since? Yes. Well, I, I wouldn't say desire, but I kind of like would continue yeah. watching it. So I've had the same thing with Bosch. Bosch! On Amazon Prime. I don't know if you've seen that one. I think I have watched a couple of episodes many years ago of Bosch. It's got Titus. Uh, what well, Titus something or other in. I just like the name Titus. Um, I really Bosch. enjoy that one. Yeah? Yeah. And he's, he's, the, he's Bosch. Um, I love that one. Um, but every time... But it's like, it's like 18 months to two years between each series. And then it comes out and it's gone in a week. And it's like... Because you just knock them out. Bish Bash Bosch. It's very annoying. Bish Bash Bosch. There was a Netflix series that did that quite recently, and we, we were like um, waiting for ages for it to come out, and then it's gone in like three days. The good place. No, I've not. I still haven't finished it. Really? Still not finished it. Yeah, I um, I can't do it. Just can't do it. Are you worried what's going to happen to them in the end? I think they're going to get to the good place. I think it's in the name. I think it's a very circular, circulatorous. It's a long way around. Circuitous. Circuitous is the word. Sub- subcutaneous. No, that's below the skin. No, it's, <laughs> it's a very circular way of getting. I, I, I'm going to predict they get to the good place. Is that correct? Hold on, you start. You've you started gonna watching the final season. Predict that the Ted Danson. I've not. That Ted Danson. I've got halfway through. That Ted Danson becomes human uh, and gets to live out some sort of fantasy. He's now on Earth or something. I don't really want to get into um, your predictions because then I would be either giving away... Well, I don't one way or the other, I'm giving, giving something away. Okay. I'm not going to watch it. Go on. All right, listeners, more spoiler alerts. You're... They get to the good place, Ted Danson becomes human. Go! That's my prediction. They get to the good place right at the start of the season. So if you've watched even the first episode, you know this to be true. Um, Ted Danson, yes, does actually become human. Um, but... The uh, I felt the middle of the series was a bit meh, but then they, they they really did a good job towards the end. It was it's it's worth watching. Actually, have you watched Better Call Saul? I have. I watched about the first season of it, loved it, and then for some reason never went back to it. Yes, I think that's the same thing. I think this is another symptom of the binge low tolerance thing. Is like I really intensely enjoy it. But then it's a year between the next one. Well, that's the, the problem. Is when it comes back, I'm kind of like, "What was that again?" Mm. Hell, I can't remember. These things yeah, are no good for I, somebody I, with as bad a memory as I have. Yeah, it's weird. So I, I want. Part of this is is also. I remember that it was the Expanse. I don't know if you've watched the Expanse. Oh God, I haven't. It was your fault. You, you, you oh, insisted. You insisted the Expanse got good, and I watched the How entire first season. I may even have started the second season, and I remember saying to you, "At what point does this become good?" And you said, <laughs> "About season three, which was all oh, yeah, it was at that point. It was three seasons. <laughs> it's very good. I really enjoyed it. It's I think terrible." The it is terrible. The Expanse is what is 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 the best sci-fi on today. Really? I genuinely think it. Yes. I thought they. It, it was one of those things. It was. It reminded me of Twenty Four. Do you remember in Twenty Four <laughs> they always had to <laughs> manufacture some ridiculous crisis at well, the end of every season, episode? Season one, Twenty Four. Uh, Terry gets 
mauled by a mountain lion. No, 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 no. That was season two. And she gets amnesia. That was season two. No, Terry dies. Well, she, I thought Terry died. You're, you're thinking of the daughter. It wasn't Terry. The daughter no, gets chased no. by a mountain lion in season no. two. And I was... Because uh, 24... And the wife gets amnesia. The wife gets temporary amnesia for like six hours. And she hooks up with bit. like her ex-husband. Yeah. She generally... Like in any other normal situation, you've been through this like 12 hours of pain. You just go to sleep. But <laughs> that doesn't make good television. No. So they give her amnesia for six hours. So the... Um, the thing that Twenty Four had, I, I used to love Twenty Four, but they had this thing where the the odd the the uh, the odd number seasons were great and the even numbers were terrible. So season one was great, season two was awful, season three was great, season four was awful, season five was great, and I can't remember after that whether it kind of tailed off or not. But yeah, they for some reason they would kind of be like knock it out of the park on one season, and then the next one I don't know if they brought bring in the odd writers. <laughs> now bring in the even writers these guys have no idea what they're doing oh um yeah I, I don't think my patients would would survive uh watching 24 again. no again it was you know back in the days of box sets or watching it on tv or whatever if you go into any any uk charity shop go to the dvd section it is lined with box sets of 24 <laughs> um, genuinely it is I've got. I, I'm sure I used to have box sets of seasons one and two. Um, Kiefer Sutherland's retirement fund, right there. Yes, uh, but anyway, the expanse genuinely good. I've just started. I'm about half, genuinely about bad, isn't it? Genuinely bad. Ooh, nice bit of microphone work. <laughs> um, I, I'm about two thirds way through the latest book, the season, which would be book eight, eight of nine. Um, and, and it feels like a TV show. It's it's genuinely contrived. If, but the problem is, much like much, yeah, contrived, completely contrived. It's sci-fi. Come on, um, it feels very much similar to a TV show in that I can I'll read a book, I'll read one of the books in like a week, two weeks, and then it'll be eighteen months before the next one comes out. And by that time, I've completely forgotten all the plot points leading up to it. In so, the same way that you would with a TV series. I've. I've watched a fair bit of sci-fi, but I've never really been into reading sci-fi. Um, like Dune, I couldn't even get two pages from <gasps> Dune. Oh, I love Dune. But you recommended a sci-fi book to me a few years ago, The Forever War, mm. which was fantastic. Joe Haldeman. That was excellent. But then you said, don't bother reading anything else he's written. Oh. It's all crap. Yeah, it's crap, and he's incredibly racist, so just avoid it. Um <laughs> <laughs> he, he, yeah, I think maybe this is the same problem that the twenty-four off seasons have, in that they get overconfident and then up their own asses and then become really racist. Well, have you ever read Ender's Game? I have not, but I remember the whole controversy when the film came out that it was just yeah, was it racist or it was homophobic good, or something? I can't remember. Homophobic, racist, probably yeah, a little bit smelly. I don't know. Um, the the book was very was not very good. It was passable. The film was mm, technically proficient, I guess. Um, but it's the same thing. Like he had one early hit in his career, and then just kind of was showered with praise, and then went off the deep end, like up for an arse. Which is the problem that Joe Hardman have. He he went up his own arse. Is he like he he nuggeted on to some good idea, and then. 
just kept mining that well for gold and it, it ran dry books ago books ago don't read it it's awful that those sequels you're you're really <laughs> mixing up the uh, analogies metaphors to, yeah metaphors yeah. yes <laughs> anyway so I, right, that, that, I don't know whether we this is the topic now or whether we have just completely gone. Have we started the podcast yet? Have we started? <laughs> I was actually going to talk about um, some computer games that I played recently, which are in the same vein. I'm, I know you don't play as much. I don't really play that much computer games anyway. But I don't even have a I console anymore, so I definitely don't play as much as you. <laughs> so I think it's in the same vein in that my tolerance is low but when i enjoy something i really enjoy it and intensely and then it's done um to the point where i started playing red dead redemption i was 2. about to say you said your intolerance is low but you played cowboy jim carter for many hours yeah Ca- no i did not cowboy jim carter yes this is the problem i played cowboy jim carter for about 15 hours and i'm only just about out of the tutorial area at which point i did i i turned it off and put something else far more enjoyable and far far shorter on. I've got I've got so I've got Cowboy Jim Carner two, I've got Horizon Zero Dawn, and numerous other open world, semi RPG sort of things, and I just can't, I just don't have the time. I don't have the time or patience for it. So the other day I got Gris, which is a two D platformer, beautiful two D platformer, and completed it in under an hour i'd say i'd say the the whole game is an hour long at most and it was the most emotionally enjoyable thing i have played in ages it was 3.99 and i would say it was five thousand percent more enjoyable than red dead redemption 2 that sounds a lot like uh, your description of it um oh god what was that um i can't remember the name of it the 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 game by the people who who did half-life um, Portal. With, yes, that sounds a lot like yes. my experience with Portal and Portal Two. Yeah, enjoyable, intense, and then I'm done with it, and I move on with my life. It was lovely, and I had the same experience. And this is probably what's motivated this um, with a game called The Outer Wilds, which is a sci-fi game in a very small solar system made by some indie developers with a beautiful central mechanic, which is like the universe explodes every 22 minutes and you reset to the beginning of the 22 minutes and you've got a 22 minute period to solve the mystery of, to stop the universe dying basically. Right. And it sounds bigger than it is. You're in a small solar system and you've got a little rocket ship and you can just, you can fly between the worlds and there's no combat, there's no instructions. It's all just, it's all just environmental storytelling and some text on walls, and you just have to motivate yourself to figure the problem out. So once it's you've solved beautiful. it, once you've solved it, is that it? It never blows up again, or do you have to do it all over again before the next twenty-two minutes? No, no, you solve it once. Yeah. So, so the whole point is that you can't. There is no physical way to play this game. There's no physical way to do everything in one cycle. It's like twenty-two minutes. In this twenty-two minutes, I'm going to try and do this. And then, and then go somewhere else in the next 20 minutes. And then mm-hmm. it's like incrementally puzzled. Like you can't do the puzzles. And it's beautiful. And it is, if you wanted to, sp- I've watched a speed run on it, of it on YouTube. And you can, you, can br- you can play the whole game in something like 18 to 22 minutes. If you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. You've got to know exactly what you're doing. It took me two weeks, like on and off playing. Like piecing it together. And 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I remember the first time I played it, the first cycle through, I hated it. I hated it with every fiber of my being. I, I booted up, I got into my spaceship, I flew into something and I died. I put it down, I turned the, the PlayStation off, I didn't play it for a week. And then I came back and thought, oh, well, someone said this is really good. I came back, put it back on, and played it for two hours and then turned it off. Ah, oh, it's a bit niche, I'm not really interested in it. The next day, I played it for nearly 12 hours. Jesus. I started it. At, <laughs> yeah, I started at children. 6 p.m. I know. I started at 6 p.m. and genuinely, I didn't get to bed before 3 or 4 a.m. that night. I just kept going and going. I, I don't know what was wrong with me. Anyway, long story short, it's a lovely short game. And I think, I don't know. I just, I think Netflix, YouTube, the streaming, the, the mass availability of content has both reduced my tolerance to mediocre or long form things that maybe don't engage me. And then when I find something that engages, just just full steam ahead. So it's nuts. I'm interested whether this is um, affecting or manifesting itself in other areas of your life, such as, for example, long running projects, which you have been on for several years yes, long running project so we're meant to have a release tomorrow we have an internal release of previous four tomorrow it's actually in much better shape than I thought it was Was it, I've solved some major problems in the last two weeks and I think the problem we both have is that when you're very very close to a problem it's hard to it's hard to step back mm-hmm. and appreciate what you've done maybe because to you or I, like we look at something and, well, you know, I can see all the problems with the API. I can see the problems with the throttling. I know exactly how that, that PHP class transforms this and it falls back to this. And, well, yeah, like there's edge cases here. And then you look at the UI. Well, it's just a bit of JavaScript. It's a few, some view templates and there's some API calls and there's some tailwind speciality things. And there's a bit of, you know, 3JS doing some WebGL stuff and some custom vertex shaders none of it individually is difficult but then you show someone so then I demoed it to to Nils internally and he was like like pointing out all these little features which are 100% doable that are in other are in sort of not competing are in complementary desktop programs built by teams of like 60 or 70 developers which you know you can I can you can knock out in a, in like an hour or two then, okay so maybe this is bigger than I thought it was as in I the, don't know what as in the foundation is more solid and it's as in maybe we've built something better than you appreciate when you're in the woods of it yeah well I mean you know. I, I haven't used previous in a long long time but um, you've been showing me bits of the UI as you've been going and I think it looks it looks great. It's a massive improvement over um, yeah. whatever it was, version two or three, three that I worked on. Well, you were you you. I think you helped on two, mm-hmm. uh, and then I think into three maybe. Maybe into three. And yeah. Four four is effectively. I don't think there's anything. There's almost nothing following through from on the front end. The the back end still holds the same API core. Uh, the front end is a completely new client. Um, but I think because part, part of this is because we've been building out the public site and rebuilding the features pages and build, doing some quick uh, screencasts of how different features work. And you just kind of step back and you realize, 
Oh yeah, this is quite interesting and mm-hmm. this is quite cool what we've built. And then you go back in and you're messing around with like tiny pixels and borders and and like fragments on WebGL shaders and things. So do you have a lot of people using it now? Uh, we've got twelve hundred users. Really? As of as of as of last week. Wow. Yeah, I, I, you say really. The problem is I've got to figure out how to bloody migrate all their content like in the next few days. <laughs> bloody but, users. Um, so, yeah, bloody users. Twelve hundred users. I don't know what the percentage of those paying is, but it's you know standard SaaS. Mm-hmm. Like most of them are on the free plan. Um, we're trying to figure out the new pricing models right now. Um, I think we're going to end up with some free education licensing and then some enterprise pricing and then who knows what. I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to concern myself with making the damn thing work. Fair enough. Um, so this is something that Niles talked about is that trying to promote, trying to... Sh- explain what we've built is quite difficult if you're not willing to put yourself out there and say this is damn hot this is this is the hotness this is pretty cool this is this is better than what you've been using or this is brand new i'm interested you said you said um about complementary products but what would be a a direct competitor to previous okay so so I don't know if we should talk about this, but no one's listening, so who cares? Um, <laughs> D- <laughs> so the, there's the the main complementary product of the minute we're talking directly to them is D3. Uh, they have got like a desktop renderer mm-hmm. and system which you build out the build out performances in, but it is explicitly desktop. There is no way for them to bring that away from the desktop because their rendering pipeline is tied against DirectX. It's like, it's Windows and it's explicitly tied to graphics. So, oh, right, this is not the three JavaScript library then. No, no, I know. I know, yeah, we've had that discussion. They recently renamed to Disguise, but that's an even worse name somehow. Um, so they're, they like, they're like, their server system, their, their like server class product runs on the GPU, it runs on the machine and it runs on beefy, beefy servers and, and physically powers outputs mm-hmm. and, you know, the actual LEDs, like you'd have a bank of their servers and it would power, you know, 50 LED screens for a concert in production. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they've got, obviously, the problem is that, and this is the part of the problem that Previous solves, is that to build, to be able to, the actual events tend to be like, a day, an evening, or a week in ven- on in venue. Uh, but the lead up to these events can be six months or like a year worth of, you know, tweaking assets, playing, you know, building the actual damn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it stands, their whole their whole use case is is that during the build phase, you still need a server, you still need your a D three box in the office. You need to have, you know, your per, the person building it has to build it on this machine in the office, running it in a preview mode. Right. Which means that when the client comes around, the client has to physically come to your office, or they have to send them screenshots, or there's no way for them to see what this is going to look like in a reasonable situation. Um, but we can do eighty percent of what they, as long as you don't consider this as render production ready output, we can do most of what they're doing today or well we will be able to within mm-hmm. a reasonable time frame um so, I, so that's a complimentary situation we're talking with them about 
having a like a bi-directional connection so that like someone in a studio can be using D3, they can invite a client or someone else to review changes and then we will have a you know we can preview them through the three through the previous system directly from whatever's happening on their machine. Um, so do you have any direct competitors? No, no one. Hmm. There's, there's quite a few other media systems. Um, and that's part of the reason we're doing previews as it is in the version 4 is that it's very agnostic to the inbound data source mm. uh, previously it was everything was 100% around the scene you had to have a scene you had to have it in this format it had to come from these systems yeah. now the idea is throw it at us and we'll see what we can do um, interesting so that's kind of the idea we'll see we'll see we'll see I've got we've got a demo with D3 in a couple of weeks in London if we're not all dead from Corona by then well um, you never know yeah you never know here's hoping <laughs> <laughs> well friend of the show Mrs. Flinger is uh, in well near Seattle and um, all of the deaths in the US so far have taken place about eight miles up the road from her so that's so nice you, what you're saying is what you're saying is she's a serial killer or has terrible hygiene that is not what I'm saying. That is what you're saying. But <laughs> it is also a possibility. But the, um, yes. yeah, as you might imagine, the Americans are being very calm about this whole thing. Of course, they wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't think they would panic buy. They would definitely wouldn't, wouldn't like try and stock up on things that you wouldn't need. No. They I would mean, definitely, and, I, and what, what I know about the American um, healthcare system, I'm sure they would all have just some free advice and free checks to see if you've got it like this is the wonderful thing nobody is reticent about visiting their doctor or hospital in order to get checked because they know it will be free and they've got the highest class of working workers protections in the world i'm sure everyone will i feel a little bit off i'm not going to go into work and risk it but i know i'm going to get paid because i have workers protection i don't need to i can take a day off or two exactly and we'll be fine and and they have such generous holidays the people with those protections tend to be in the lowest paying jobs, generally dealing with food or people. Uh, like all the food workers, they have lots of protections. Mm-hmm. They would never go into work. There are no problems whatsoever that I can foresee. None whatsoever. Hey, isn't it nice that we get to work from home? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is really. I actually got I a thing from my uh, co-working space, which I am completely neglecting to ever go to and it's a total waste of money at the moment but they uh they sent me uh, like an advisory um based on um information from the who and the uk government which is essentially if you have come back from anywhere that is even remotely corona-ish <laughs> then you have to um, self-quarantine for 14 days and not come into the co-working space so I mean, so, in fairness, I, I haven't been in it so long. They probably think I'm either dead or diseased anyways. Oh, well, you do look quite diseasy. I if have, you've not got corona, you've got, you've got something. I have that pasty pallor that is the... Mm. the Low uh, death. Curse of the Welshman. Me. Yeah, completely. Completely. Um, I've stocked up on corned beef and toilet roll. Uh, those so two got, go hand in hand <laughs> it goes in one end <laughs> comes out the other and you just put it back in the tin um, that was not a visual I needed 